Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. I hope your Tuesday is off to a good start here, and so glad to welcome you to this hour of The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, trying to understand how God might be speaking in our lives, the direction that the Holy Spirit is leading us, and we do that every day here on The Inner Life with the help of our spiritual directors, different priests that join us here for the hour. And here on this Tuesday in February, have you uh, tried that game on your phone, the one that has gained a lot of popularity over the last few months on social media? That The game is called Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. And in this game, you have a new word puzzle that you're supposed to solve each day. It's made up of five letters, and you only get six chances to try and figure out, try and guess that five-letter word. Forbes reported, as of late January, that over 14% of all Americans were playing, adult Americans, were playing Wordle every day. Or do you play maybe a different game on your phone or your tablet? Candy Crush? Any idea how many times that's been downloaded? Over half a billion people have downloaded Candy Crush. Angry Birds, another popular one out there for several years. 300 million downloads for that. Americans, we love our video games. On the website Statista.com, it shows that in the second quarter of 2020, just the second quarter there, $11.6 billion was spent on video gaming. And so, I mean, multiply that over the course of a year. And of course, that's not even taking into account the fourth quarter, Christmas. Americans, if you're over the age of 15, the average American spends over 15 minutes a day playing video games of some sort. And that can be anyone from 15, 16 years old up to 70, 80, 90 years old. Maybe it's just simply playing computer solitaire, but most people are playing some sort of video game every day. And I remember growing up in that atmosphere. First video game console I remember playing on was an Atari 2600. And then later on, Atari flopped. They released their game E.T., trying to capitalize on the success of the movie E.T., and Atari just went away. And so after that, then, this was somewhere probably late 1985, early 1986, my dad bought a Commodore 64 home computer for us. And yeah, you could write papers on it, you could print things off, my mom could keep a spreadsheet of our finances, but... More than anything, that Commodore 64 was used to play video games. And it wasn't just me. My mom would play video games on there, too. A couple of years later, all of my friends had a Nintendo, the original Nintendo Entertainment System. Super Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt, fun games. But 
My all-time favorite game that was released is one called Tecmo Super Bowl. And this is a game that my friends and I, we played it again and again for hours and hours. And it's a football video game. And it lets you play through an entire full season with all of the real professional teams of the NFL, at least the ones that were there at this time, you know, when it was released, and all of those real players on those teams. And it's simple enough of a game that you could learn the basics very quickly, but it had enough variables that it kept it challenging and entertaining even after hours and hours, days and days of playing. Now, I also, I played actual football out on the field uh, when I was a freshman in high school, went out for the team. I was a running back. And while I had played some of those informal games that you'd play as kids out on the playground, play with your friends, and I knew all the rules and I knew how the game was played. And even before Tecmo Super Bowl, I'd played other different football video games that let me know kind of the strategy, different options that you had for the game of football. But none of those things are nearly the same as playing in a real football game where you have the pads and the helmet on, where you're working with a full team. Players that they have one specific or maybe a couple specific focuses on that team. When the clock is running, when you have actual referees that are watching what's happening during those four quarters. There are some things where you can't replace the real experience with something that is virtual something that isn't quite that that real experience. And so many of us have had that experience when it comes to matters of our faith, specifically the Mass, over these last couple of years. Different communities, different cities around the country, you know, it varies in what kind of quarantine or stay-at-home regulations have been in effect, and it varies at different times during the course of these last couple of years. But many of us have had different stretches where we've had to watch Mass online, where we couldn't go in person. And you know, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing by a long shot. The Mass requires us to participate in person whenever possible. Of course, at times there are important and valid reasons where we need to stay home. Illness is one of those reasons. But I know where I live, many of the parishes, they're still not back to their pre-COVID, pre-pandemic attendance levels. There are still those empty pockets in the pews that used to be filled with parishioners. So today we want to talk about the importance of being there physically at Mass each Sunday, and we want to have a better understanding of the Mass itself, what our liturgy is, what it means. And joining us as our spiritual director, Father Joseph Ilo is back with us once again. Father Joseph Ilo is a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, and he's the pastor at Star of the Sea Parish there in San Francisco. Father Ilo, welcome back to The Inner Life. Thank you, Josh. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's always good to talk with you, too. And as we do talk today about the Mass and the beauty of the liturgy, um, as I said, you know, last couple of years— It'll be different to a degree depending on where you might live in the country. But for our family, we moved to a new house this past summer. And even though we were in a new city, we were attending a new parish, we could see that impact of the pandemic. Like I said, you know, a lot of open seats, a lot of open pews there in the church. And as we start this conversation, I also do want to reemphasize, I want to make it clear, I'm not suggesting people should attend Mass if they're sick or if they have a legitimate reason to stay home. 
Uh, and many bishops throughout the U.S. have given a dispensation for that Sunday obligation due to the, the possible transmission of COVID. But with that kind of understanding, uh, at least for me, I've seen so many people not come back to the parishes. Have you experienced this in your parish as well, Father? Well, Josh, that's a really good way to start out this talk on the Mass. At this time, we're still experiencing the effects of the pandemic. In my own parish, in San Francisco, the Archbishop encouraged all of the pastors to keep the churches open, if at all possible, for Eucharistic adoration. Even if the uh, exposition of the Eucharist wasn't possible, but just to let people come in and pray before the tabernacle. And actually, we have perpetual adoration in my parish. And uh, if anybody's in the San Francisco Bay Area, just so you know, there is a church in San Francisco that's open 24-7 with the Eucharist on the altar. But because we had that system already set up, we were able to keep the church open. Even when we couldn't have public masses, people would come in to adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. And we have a very large, a thousand-seat church and so there was plenty of social distancing possible. And so, as a matter of fact, we have actually grown in attendance during the pandemic because while at one point we were the only church open in the whole city, the only Catholic church, and so a lot of people would come and a lot of people have stayed. So our experience is a bit unique in that our attendance actually increased just by 12%, but uh, there's more people at Mass now than before because adoration always leads to the Mass. There was There's some thought that Eucharistic adoration detracts from the liturgy or, or, or the attendance at Mass, but in my experience in many parishes, if you start Eucharistic adoration, your attendance at Mass increases. So how do, I mean, if, if pastors are wondering, how do I bring the people back to the pews after the pandemic. One of the solutions is Eucharistic adoration or keeping the church open at least all the time, not not at night perhaps, although we're able to do that here with some security systems. But if you uh, keep the church open for personal prayer, then people more likely will come to liturgical prayer, communal prayer, which we call the Mass. And I'm sure we'll get into the question of live streaming uh, and I could speak about that, too, if, if you wanted to. Well, yeah, let, let's do talk about live streaming, because I think I think there's good and bad that has come along with that. Um, the bad thing might be that there are a lot of people who have said, oh, it's easier just to stay at home, and I get to listen to the homily, I get to participate in a, you know, a, a lesser way, but... Uh, that seems pretty good to me, and maybe you know somebody's been doing that and they've gotten used to it. Uh, the good side of that is, in the past, at least for us with children in our home, there wasn't the ability to stream at our local parish before the pandemic, and mm-hmm. we would if if we had a bunch of you know kids that were home and they were sick, and okay, we shouldn't go to mass today. We really do have that reason to stay home. Well, I, you know, we'll maybe go through the readings or maybe we'll say a rosary, an extra rosary as a family today since it's Sunday. Find some other way. But now we actually can, as a family, to a degree, participate. So I think there's the good side of that, and especially for mm-hmm. people who might be shut-ins. You know, there's a lot more mm-hmm, access mm-hmm. to the liturgy, to the daily Mass than ever before. But there might be an attitude that prevails 
in other homes of, oh, well, this is really, really easy. I can just kind of roll out of bed in my pajamas and watch the mass and feel like I've gotten exactly what, you know, I need. Mm -hmm. But we're kind of not being honest if that's what we're doing, if that's if that's the mm -hmm. attitude we have, Father. Right. There are two questions here. One is, is live streaming ever good? And the answer is yes. There, even before the pandemic, I knew of churches that had webcams that would broadcast their uh, daily and Sunday masses. And I thought, I want to do that too. But I, we, it wasn't until the pandemic that we actually spent the money and ins installed a, a good quality camera. And that's good for shut-ins. It's not good for everybody else. And so that's the other question, is live streaming always good? And uh, it's not always good. And so as soon as we went back to in-person masses, we stopped live streaming, our, uh, except for one mass. Actually, we, also, we live stream a, a daily rosary, which a lot of people will tune into that. And uh, we do it at 5 o'clock every afternoon. A priest or a deacon leads it and... I think live streaming is good for those kinds of devotions. Not so good for the Mass. Why? Because the Mass, by its nature, is a personal encounter. To, be, to, to encounter this communal event, and that can't be done except in the same room with each other. The, the Lord didn't just tell the disciples about his sacrifice. He didn't tell them about he didn't only tell them about the gospel, but he gave it to them. He gave himself. There's a beautiful reflection in today's Magnificat by Carol Hauslander where he says, the Lord gave his body, his, his secret self to the disciples, which included by giving his body, he gave his soul, his heart, everything that comes along with the body. It's a physical communication. It's as if, you're married and you you never consummate the marriage physically, but you just say, well, I love you, I love you. But if you don't have that intimacy, that physical contact, and so that's what the Eucharist is. And it's also gathering with other people instead of in isolation in front of your computer. So if anybody is listening now to this broadcast that has not come back to the Mass, because live stream Mass is not the Mass. It's it's a picture of the Mass, but it's not the Mass. And if if there's a reason why you can't go back, of course, if you're shut in or you're you you know you have health issues that would cause undue risk. And I think people are smart enough to figure that out. I don't even think the bishops. This might be a bit controversial, but I don't think the bishops needed to give a dispensation. Maybe at first, but everybody, there already is a dispensation. There always has been a dispensation for anybody that's at risk of either getting sick or communicating a sickness. Maybe that just needed to be uh, underscored with people. Maybe people made aware that you're not expected to go to Mass if you have a health, uh, a serious health issue. But that's kind of dumbed down all of us. And, and my friends in other parishes say, well, we're not anywhere near where we were before the pandemic. People just haven't come back in the same numbers. And so there's nothing that can replace the mass. The live stream, the live stream video image is not the mass. 
and we need the mass. We cannot live without the mass if it's if it's at all possible to go. If it's not, then God will supply the grace. But he didn't institute the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper and on, on Calvary so we could watch it, but so we could receive it and be there. Well, and as you're talking about that, that actually is for any of the sacraments that we have in our church. Uh, you can't make a confession over the phone. It has to be person to person. You can't do it on a Zoom call. You, uh, you know, if there's going to be um, a baptism, that has to be, you know, somebody has to physically be there for the water, mm-hmm. for the baptism, for the words that are spoken. Uh, same with confirmation, uh, you know, anointings that have to take place. You can't do a virtual anointing. So almost anything that we look at in our church, there has to be that ability to be there in person. But, um, you know, again, it is with the understanding that there has always been that dispensation. If you have a reason, you shouldn't attend Mass, and it's a legitimate That's one. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, Father, let's also go to the phones here, too, and I'll throw out the phone number uh, if anybody would like to call in. And maybe uh, you have had that same experience that I have had, where after the pandemic, as things have, you know, people have started going back to Mass, maybe they're hasn't been that return in your parish. And you're wondering, is there something I might be able to do? And you'd like to talk with Father Joseph Ilo, you can call in 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Or maybe during that time, whatever time you were unable to attend Mass, did that help you to have a deeper hunger, a deeper love and appreciation for the times you are able to go to Mass and receive the Eucharist there. 888 is the phone number, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And Father, Sister Elizabeth is calling us from Los Angeles. Hi, Sister. Welcome to the Inner Life today. Good morning, Josh and Father. Um, I wanted to share something positive about live streaming that I will always be grateful for the technology that made that possible during the pandemic. Because my father, he died um, on March 12th in 2020, and and we were able to bring him home um, before all the hospitals were shut down. So thanks be to God. But I was home with helping my mom. My dad died right away the next day, and I was home two months with my mother um, to help her. And I had no access to the Mass or the sacraments. So I was not only mourning my father, I was mourning our Lord in the Eucharist. So that was very painful. It was really a mourning. And, um, but to be able to turn online, it was such a grace for me and a comfort during that time. Mm-hmm. That's right, sister. A lot of people have said that to me, too, that uh, we felt so isolated. And especially to have the live stream, and a lot of them that were quite imperfect, but the local live stream from your local parish, your community, your own priest, people serving at the altar that you know. So that's a definite blessing of the technology of our time. 
Sister Elizabeth, thanks so much for calling in on The Inner Life. And if you're listening and you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number is 888-914-9149. As we talk about the Mass, understanding the Mass, understanding what is required and asked of us as the faithful, and how we have to participate in that can't just be something virtual. I also want to look at the Mass itself in a little more detail, kind of give ourselves a little refresher on the different aspects of what we see there during the liturgy and what it means for us, how we can participate more fully. We'll talk about that coming up here next on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, and want to say thank you for your support last week during our pledge drive. Uh, we heard from, I think the latest numbers are over 16,000 people who donated, who made a pledge of some, port, of some sort during our pledge drive. And right now we're getting close to about $3.2 million that was raised. Needed at least $3 million to keep Relevant Radio uh, operating and in healthy shape over the next three months. And your generosity is just absolutely overwhelming. I know there are so many of you that pray for us here at Relevant Radio, and I'm so glad that we're able to join together. Uh, I know so many of you share your prayer intentions with us, and we're able to pray for you as well. It really is a beautiful community that we have here, a beautiful family through Relevant Radio. And uh, so thank you again. If you made a donation last week, if you didn't make a donation, if you missed the pledge drive, if you weren't aware of it, it's not too late. You can still make that donation. It's tax deductible, and you can do that through our website, relevantradio.com. You can make the pledge through the Relevant Radio app, or you can make that donation just by calling us at 877-291-0123. And uh, again, thank you so much for being so generous and so giving during our pledge drive last week. Today we're talking about the Mass, understanding the Mass better and what is required of us, what we are asked to do in participating at Mass. And our spiritual director is Father Joseph Ilo, a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And maybe uh, as you were listening in that first segment, you had a similar experience where you had to be away from your parish for a time. Maybe there are still a lot of people that are away from your parish. And how did that impact you? Has it helped you to have a deeper love, a deeper appreciation for uh, being able to go to Mass and receive the Eucharist? that time that you weren't able to be there. Uh, kind of like that, that saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You can call in and join the program, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, you know, as I was listening to Sister Elizabeth's call there before the break, I also was thinking about my own experience, our family, we had our parish that was closed down, I don't know, two, three months or something like that there in March and April and into May of 2020 when the pandemic really first hit. And we just didn't know enough about COVID and transmission and, and different things of that sort. And we had most of Lent and then Easter itself that we weren't able to go in and be there for Mass. And so our family 
we were watching, we were streaming through that Easter Vigil Mass. And I think outside of when I was first received as a convert into the church, that kind of hunger that I had to receive the Eucharist there the very first time, that might be a very, very close second for me. Easter just felt so lacking and it really was, as, as Sister Elizabeth said, you know, kind of that mourning for the fact that we couldn't be there, couldn't be able to participate in that beautiful liturgy that is the Easter Vigil, and just mm-hmm. had to make that spiritual communion. And a spiritual communion can be very powerful, of course, but again, no substitute for being able to be there in person and receive Christ in the Eucharist. That's right. It's hard for us priests to understand what you went through, because we were never deprived of the Eucharist. We had Mass every day, and um, we were deprived of the community, to a se- in a sense. But actually, our rectory, we had five priests at the time, and we, we grew closer to each other through the pandemic, as I'm sure many families did. So if life gives you lemons, make lemonade, make the best of it. And I think uh, m- many Catholics did, hopefully most, through live streaming and through prayer within the home when you couldn't go to Mass. But I think it's important to understand what the Mass is and what the liturgy is. And and so it it is the work of God, and it's the work of the people uh, helping God, so to speak, uh, glorify his name. I mean, he allows us to collaborate with him in bringing about the kingdom on earth by uh, glorifying him, which is the purpose of all of our lives, is to glorify God. Because in glorifying God, we also glorify his image within ourselves. We build up the kingdom. And so it's the meeting point between God and the human race, the work that we do in the liturgy. I think a lot of people don't know, they don't think of the Mass, maybe it's People think of the Mass as more of a social engagement, like a communal meal or something, which it is, of course. But if, essentially, it's work. I mean, the word liturgy, it comes from the word ergon in Greek, meaning work. And it's God's work. It's, it's his mighty triumph, his great task of carrying his cross and dying on Calvary. That's the work of the Mass, the work of our redemption. But we have a part to play in that. And so when we come to Mass, we should do all we can to engage, to listen attentively to the readings. That's intellectual work. To listen, hopefully the homily helps us understand the scriptures more deeply and apply them to our life, to make the responses, to sing. Uh, Often Catholics don't do this, especially in America. In other countries, Africa, for example, everybody sings. Everybody engages the Mass. The Masses are often two or three hours long. In America, it's often will get us in and get us out, and uh, you know we'll make a little cash donation, we'll receive the Eucharist, and then we'll go on our merry way. And that's a pretty attenuated understanding of the Eucharist. So I think if we just think of the Mass as work, then we're more prepared for the task. And if I could also mm. say the there's a so most most people that go to mass are women, and most people that attend uh, parishes are females. And there's always been the struggle to get dad to go to mass. My my dad growing up never went to mass. 
There is women's work. Religion is women's work. But the mass in, in particular is a, is a man's task. It's a manly task to offer the sacrifice with Christ by participating in the Mass, and that's why serving at the Mass is so important, altar boys, because it's one thing they can do as as males that, and I know this is a controversial subject, altar girls, altar boys, but the uh, to give boys a job to do that, that only they can do, it's kind of like male, uh, male and female sports, keeping them uh, distinct. And I think um, there's a distinct role for the male genius, the male charism, as there is also for the female charism at Mass. There, there are distinctions there. And so for men to see that I have a real role, I, it's, it's, a, it's a task and a, um, a responsibility that I have as a man to participate in the Mass, to bring my family to Mass, to serve the Mass. I think that would get more men to Mass. Because there, there are thing, there's a dimension of the math that only the man can do, as there is that only women can do. But, but there's a distinction there, and, and men are really needed as well as women. Well, another thing that I'm wondering too, in your experience, for you know, seeing people as they come into the parish, any recommendations on how we are able to be more engaged. You talk about that work, but, you know, even beforehand, any prayers that might be good to say before we walk into the church for Mass or maybe going through the readings ahead of time so that we're not just trying mm-hmm. to follow along in the moment? Any any things like that that you might recommend for someone so they can be more engaged? Sure. So whether you have a family or you're an individual, prepare for the Mass before you get there. So priests, of course, we have to write a homily. So I read the gospel and the other scriptures maybe on Wednesday. Actually, I read them on Monday or Tuesday and, and do a little commentary for my bulletin so it's in my mind. And then usually I listen to a often Bishop Barron's homily or, or some other homily just to get some ideas, maybe Thursday, Friday, and then write the homily. So in the same way, I mean, we're all priests by, by, by baptism, so we have that task as well of reading studying really the scriptures before so that could happen sometime during the week maybe if you have a family you could read it with your children friday or saturday before mass and then get to mass before the liturgy starts get to the church before mass starts that and and leave home with plenty of time so you're not rushing that's that takes work to make sure you've got everything else done and if you have a family, it's very challenging to get all the kids into the car in time. But that's part of the work of being a, a family man or a family woman. And then finally, during the Mass, listen attentively. Use a missile or a missalette with the readings in it and the prayers. Especially if you're at a Latin Mass, we do the extraordinary form here. And uh, once a week, uh, on su- well, we do it every day, but uh, a big sung Mass on Sundays. And... I, I'm always encouraging people at the Latin Mass uh, to have a missile and follow not only the readings, but the prayers. I mean, we do the prayers, we read them again in English at the Sung Mass, but they're chanted in Latin. So <laughs> a lot of people, though, are, don't. I was teaching RCI last night and asked everybody, what was the gospel from yesterday, from Sunday? And nobody knew. It was the Beatitudes from Luke's gospel. Right, Luke, yeah. 
But <laughs> I just said, and, and one of them was one of the secretaries in the parish. And I said, you work here and you, you don't, and she's laughed. <laughs> uh -huh. doesn't, it doesn't have, it could be in English, right? But, but even if the readings are in the vernacular, most people aren't listening or not listening carefully. So, And that takes work. I can guarantee you, if you prepared for the Mass ahead of time by studying the Beatitudes from Luke, you would, you would remember the next day what the Gospel was. So those are some things. I think everybody should have a missile. There are missilettes, of course, or, or hard, we use a hardcover missile uh, that has all the readings uh, for the three-year cycle. But it's, I think everybody should own one and use it at home as well. Also, there are daily devotionals, like the Magnificat is what I use, that has the readings sure. and the prayers for every day of the year. So that's very helpful as well. Well, and everything that you're talking about here, I mean, it really does go back. You've used that word work, but it, it, it takes some time. It takes some effort mm. before we actually get to church. And, and I think if we looked at almost any other area of our life, if we were, if we knew we were heading out the door of our home and going yeah. someplace else, if, if we get invited to a friend's house for dinner, we'd probably call ahead or send a text or, you know, an email or however you're in contact and say, what can I bring? You know, is there a side yeah, dish or is yeah. there a dessert? Or or maybe you just stop by the store and pick up a bottle of wine to go with dinner or something like that. E even going to work every day, you might prepare right. your lunch the night before or you're going to iron a shirt so that you look professional. But a lot of times I think we can just say, okay, uh, you know, we're rushing out the door just to try and make it there. So we're not mm. hopefully late or at least, you know, we're walking in maybe as the sign of the cross begins at Mass. Um, mm, and so mm. having that that attitude that I, this isn't just kind of a throwaway obligation, mm -hmm. but this this is an opportunity for us to be in the presence of our Lord, our Savior, and to put that effort in and to arrive early, like you were saying. Um, you know, that's so important there to not let it be. You know, if, if you're putting more energy and time and effort into preparing to go over to a friend's house for dinner than you are mm -hmm. to go to the Mass, your priorities are probably a little backwards there. Yeah, another good way to think of the Mass is as school. So people put lots of time and money and energy into schooling. Education's huge for most Americans. Well, the, the Mass is the most effective way of learning about life. I mean, the, really... The four parts of the Mass are, are a, a slice of life. They're, they're the perfect template for a well, life well lived. So if we think of, and John Paul called the parish a school of prayer. Well, the, the Mass is the heart of that. And so as you prepare for school, now we just opened a classical school in San Francisco last August. And uh, here's a shout out for that. If anybody, again, is in the Bay Area, the San Francisco area, we have a classical school. But We've made the mass a real priority for this school. Now it's it's a it's an academically excellent school with the classical curriculum, but uh, every once a week we have mass, and the children really prepare for that, and they study the scriptures ahead of the time of the mass, and, and of course we I, we preach in a way that's uh, adapted to the children, but really the the parents get so much out of it they come as well. In the, a lot of Catholic schools, at least this, the school when I got here before we transitioned to classical, they had mass once a month. And the, uh, 
some of the parents, we went to once a week and some of the parents were a little concerned, like, well, you're taking math and science time away from our kids by, by having them go to mass while they're in school. The mass is a school. It's, it's the greatest school we could ever go to. And if we think of that, uh, give it the attention that we do to our education and other disciplines, then I think we'd take the mass more seriously. We'd, we'd, we'd prepare for it as we would for um, any, uh, any other kinds of schooling. Sure. Our spiritual director, Father Joseph Ilo, and let's go back to the phones, Father. Uh, the number for you to call in is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And how have you been able to participate in the Mass in a greater degree, in a way that allows you to have a deeper a uh, better experience to hear what's actually being said, what's being prayed through the Mass. How have you encountered that school aspect, that learning aspect of Mass? Monica is calling in from Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, Monica. You're on the air with Father Joseph. Hi. 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 Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, go right Hello. ahead. Hello. Good morning. Um, yeah, your discussion about, um, you know, the live stream Mass and definitely was helpful during the pandemic um, when things were kind of hopeless. But I think it's really important that we remember that technology should never be a substitute for human interaction and that we need the human interaction. We need um, to be together and to share our faith um, somewhere in the Bible. I don't know exactly where it is. Where, um, two or more are gathered in my name here I am or something to that effect. And, um, you know, I think we've become, you know, we've been easily swayed towards technology, you know, things like Facebook and Twitter and removing us from social interaction. And it's encouraged, I, I teach. And so um, I see, you know, um, the lack of company, you know, a lot of, a lot of students have anxiety, social anxiety, because, they don't communicate very well, and we need that. So I think going to Mass is so important because we, we need to share our faith. You know, we need, we need to um, motivate each other. And I didn't mention this um, previously when I talked to the call screener, but um, it's always so inspirational to me when I see people in church, like, for example, if I see a young couple with a newborn baby and young children, um, or if I see a family that has a lot of children and they're all in mass, or a disabled person that's there with their walker that's, you know, difficult for them to get there physically. It's always such an inspiration to me. Um, it, it motivates me even more um, in my faith when I see how other people um, are examples, and I think that's how we help each other out. You know, we, we help each other... Um, you know, we, we're models for each other in our faith, and, and sometimes we're not the best model, but I think when we join in together in the Mass, we, we help um, each other along in our journey, and I think that's so important. Thank you, Monica. As a teacher, you know very well how important in-person instruction is, and we found that with our school as well. We've uh, basically been in person the whole time, I think, Omicron put us out of business for one week when everybody seemed to get it, but then they all got over it. So uh, I think we've seen the deleterious effects of 
so-called virtual learning, um, virtual schooling. And at, if, when it, if at all possible, we want to do whatever we do in person. I think there's uh, a pundit once said 90% of life is just showing up. And if you don't physically show up, then you miss a lot. So none more than with the mass, which, as I said, if we think of it as a school of holiness, a school of community, you can't really have community if you're not physically present to each other, if at all possible. So thank you for that, Monica. So glad to have you on the program, Monica. And again, our phone number here on The Inner Life, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149, as we're talking about the Mass with Father Joseph Ilo. And how have you been able to participate more fully in the Mass? What has helped you so that you've been able to maybe spend that time in preparation before walking into church, allowing you to then hear the words, to pray along with the prayers, to say the responses in a deeper, more meaningful way so that you are very engaged in the Mass. What has helped you to be able to do that in your life? 888-914-9149. And Father, maybe we can talk a little bit more about that aspect of community coming up right after this break here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Again, our phone number, 888-914-9149, as we talk today with Father Joseph Ilo, a priest in the Archdiocese of San Francisco, pastor at Star of the Sea Parish there in San Francisco, talking about the Mass and how we can be more engaged and participate more fully on our side there when we attend Mass. Again, the phone number 888-914-9149. And actually talking about helping you to understand and get more out of the Mass, understand what's happening there during the course of the Mass. I'd really love to encourage you to sign up for Father Rocky's Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And if you go to our website or to the Relevant Radio app, the website's just relevantradio.com. Either place you'll see a banner that has the number 40, 40 days of Lent, and it says Lenten Lessons on the Mass. And last year, Father, uh, so we've had some audio lessons that he's done for several years, but last year he started some video instruction on a lot of the things that we see when we walk into a parish or a chapel, a lot of the words that are said, uh, what we hear, and really walking you through with video explanations of the Mass as well. And so you can see those videos. He kind of made it through, I think, it's probably going to be a three-year series that he's going to have to do with the videos, because I know last year he barely got through maybe the first quarter or first third of explaining a lot of what we see there at our church or at um, a chapel that we go into. And he's going to have more brand new video lessons this year. And all you have to do to get those delivered to your email box every single day is just simply sign up. It's absolutely free. Lenten Lessons on the Mass, you'll find it at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Just click on the banner and you can register for free. Uh, Father, you know, as Monica was talking about, that aspect of seeing others, being part of that community. Mass is also described, uh, I, you know, we talk about it being the, the highest form of prayer that we have as Catholics. 
And maybe we can talk about the difference between our personal private time in prayer, because at that point, usually there's that on that that one-on-one dialogue that's happening you know i'm thanking god for the blessings that i've received i'm bringing my requests my petitions maybe i'm asking for wisdom or guidance discernment in a certain area of my life but again that's just me dialoguing directly one-on-one with god when we're at mass we are in that community setting we're also following a very structured liturgy and so what should our focus be our prayer focus be when we're there together with other parishioners at Mass? That's a good point. There is a distinction between personal prayer and communal prayer or liturgical prayer. The Mass is not just me and Jesus. It's the whole community, the body of Christ. There is a We need that time, just me and Jesus. And I, I think adoration of the Blessed Sacrament is the best way to do that. There are other ways, reading the Bible quietly alone, praying the rosary alone. But taking a walk on the beach, but the mass is communal, so we have to conform to that. There's nothing wrong with conformity when it's a good thing that we're conforming to. So we should make the responses as they're written. The priest should follow himself, should follow the rubrics of the mass, and the, as they say, read the black, do the red, and the people should do that as well. So the the red, the rubrics, tell the people to make the response uh, at different times, and most people don't. Most Catholics, I mean, at least I don't see their lips moving, <laughs> and uh, I think they're not aware that, hey, I have a, I have a job to do here. It's not just the priest, and it's not just my grandmother. It's it's me. I, I need to participate and engage in this work, which we call the mass. But we all fit in in that way. We become one body in Christ. I challenged my one of my masses of, during Christmas tide to sing the processional hymn with all they had in them. It was joy to the world as I was processing out. They almost lifted the roof off the church. And it, <laughs> as great. Monica said, it's so inspiring to see other people praying, and it was so inspiring to hear everybody singing. Everybody was inspired by that. Like, uh, this is not just a personal fantasy of mine, but it's like going to World Youth Day. We, in Rome in 2000, the year 2000, there were two mil, three million people almost in the field there outside of Rome. And all the my young people came back and said, it's so great to see everybody from around the world, that Catholicism is real for the whole planet. And that's what every Mass is. It's like a little World Youth Day, where here comes everybody. Everybody is mm. praying together. And so, But we have to engage that. Otherwise, right. we're just a bunch of zombies, <laughs> liturgical zombies. We don't want to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> Father, let's go back to the phones again. The phone number, 888-914-9149. And Krista is calling in, listening in Georgia. Krista, thanks for calling in to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Thank you so much. I really love this show. Um, I just wanted to offer some encouragement to those parents out there who feel like they need to hide in a cry room or just not go or switch off and leave your kids at home. I just want to challenge you to bring your kids and big gulp, sit in the front. (laughs) I have a mom of six 
Um, and you are not kidding. It is a challenge to get out on time. I have to trick my family into getting out on time. I, I kind of trick myself too. I put all of our clocks in the kitchen, um, Uh five minutes ahead. And then, um, when, when everybody wants to know when we need to leave, I tell them 15 minutes earlier, because it really takes us 15 minutes to get loaded in the car with all of the snacks and books and whatever they need um, before we go to mass. So that's one way we get there. We actually get there on time and mostly early um, helps us get to mass. But we, I take my family right up to the front. And I thought for a long time, you know, when my kids were young and I just had a few, I thought we would be distracting people if we sat in front of them with all the moving around and crying and everything. But really, I started to find that we were being distracted by the other people. And um, once we started sitting up in front, and we have a, I have a lovely, lovely parish um, that just really encourages families to come and be part of the Mass. Um, and so we just sit right up there in front, and my kids ask the most wonderful questions. They want to know what's going on. Why is he wearing pink or purple? Um, what is that thing up there on the altar for? Um, they just ask wonderful questions. Also, I, I hope other people around us don't mind, but I talk to my kids during the Mass. If they ask me a question, I answer them as quietly as I can, but I don't want them to feel that it's not for them. I don't want them to feel that they have Krista, to be quiet and be still. We're, we're almost out of time here, Krista, so I'm going to jump in. But, you know, beautiful and wonderful practical comments from Krista. One of the other things that we've done in our family is also follow up with your kids after Mass. Ask them what, mm. you know, stood out to them, maybe in the homily or was there one of the readings. And that right there will also help your kids stay engaged and pay attention during Mass, Father. That's right. That's that's great to hear from Krista. Uh Bring your kids right up front. We have a lot more families attending our our city church now that we've opened our Stella Morris Academy, a lot of the families from the school. And some of the kids are screaming their heads off. Uh, it's good to take the kids out if they're throwing a fit. But it's um, whether you sit up front or sit in the back, I'm still going to hear them screaming their head off. So bring them up front because they're less likely to scream <laughs> their heads off if they're closer uh-huh. to the altar. That, that's for sure. Yeah, Father Joseph Ilo, thank you so much for being with us here today on The Inner Life. We've got about 30 seconds left. Uh, can I ask you to offer a blessing for all of our listeners? May the blessing of Almighty God be upon all of you who are listening, upon your families, your children, who are perhaps at school now, and may he give us the grace to attend to the sacred rites of the Mass well. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Also want to say thank you again to you being part of our pledge drive last week. If you made a donation, thank you so much for being so supportive of Relevant Radio, for your generosity, helping us meet our need of $3 million last week. And if you didn't have a chance to donate, of course, you can do that through our website, relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app. While you're there, if you missed any portion of the program today and you joined us late, you can find the entire podcast. It'll be posted here shortly at relevantradio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening, and have a blessed rest of your day.